Welcome to Let's Grow. This is a personal development podcast, and I'm your host, Jeremy A. Taylor, but you can call me JT. Whether it's a short message from yours truly or an interview with a special guest, this is your place for weekly encouragement to keep going and growing. My goal here is simple, to leave you better than I found you. And I know your time is valuable, so let's dive right in. What is up, guys? It's JT. Welcome back to the Let's Grow podcast. Of course, this is your place for a shot of encouragement, real conversations with real people that we hope at the end of the day simply leave you better than uh, it found you. That's really it. Uh, Nothing more, nothing less. We just want to be an encouragement to you. And uh, I have the pleasure and privilege of introducing you to a great friend of mine by the name of Mr. Janus Briscoe. Thanks for hanging out with me today, Janus. Hey, thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. So, guys, listen, we go way back. Me and Janus go way back. Janus was actually my teacher's aide before I stepped out of public education. Uh, I left public education in like 2011, 2012. Uh, Janus, what was your senior year of high school? Uh, 2012. Okay. So that so that was that so that yep. was your senior year. All right, that last yep. year. So. Uh, so, man, I've known this young man for a long time. He was a stellar student athlete back in the day, uh, played some baseball at the college level for a few years, and then chose to take the path and the route of law enforcement. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, uh, but you're also going to hear a little bit more of his story. Uh, so, Janus, tell us real quick, man, where do you come from and uh, where, uh, you know, kind of what's the work that you currently do? And uh, that way people can get to know you a little bit better. Uh, again, JT, I appreciate you having me. Um, here from small town Bowling Green, Kentucky. Uh, went to Warnings High School, class of 2012, go Raiders. Um, yes, sir. After, uh, after high school, got a chance to play some college baseball at the junior college level and Division I uh, level uh, before a few injuries and, and decided that law enforcement was uh, probably a good, a good uh, path for me to go down as, as lots of uh, both collegiate and professional athletes. Um, started in law enforcement, uh, full-time in 2016 in Gallatin, Tennessee, uh, started at the Gallatin Police Department, went over to the Sheriff's Office, Sumner County, and I've been with the state police for right at about two years now, the Kentucky State Police, so. Good deal. So, Janus, I'm assuming <clears throat> being with the Kentucky State Police, the expectations there and, you know, the, uh, the academy on, you know, getting in, qualifying, right, M- meeting, meeting the, the requirements, uh, to be accepted in the program, that was pretty strenuous. What was that like? Uh, the process is a, it, it's a pretty it's a pretty long process, uh, anywhere from about eight months or so, uh, give or take a few months uh, during the process to go through background investigations, um, polygraphs, physical examinations, physical tests. Uh, so it's it's a pretty uh, competitive process, um, and along with actually getting hired on. Um, and getting your letter stating that, that you've been selected, uh, going through 24 weeks, six month academy class. Um, it's a, it's a pretty good toll mentally, physically, emotionally, yeah. uh, that, 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 uh, it, it takes, but it, it's, uh, it's helped us or at least helped me, uh, become a better person and better trooper. So. Sure. And you know, not everybody sees challenges that way, Janus, you know, a lot of folks look at challenges, the, 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 uh, 
you know, the, the, the shift in the comfort level and the inconvenience and the level of difficulty, you know, they allow themselves to get discouraged, get frustrated and say, man, is, is the juice really worth the squeeze here or versus yourself, you know, kind of looking at things as, man, you know, this is challenging because they are trying to prepare me for a better future. This is challenging. This is difficult because they want to set me up for success. Uh, you know, can you say, would you say Janus that, that sports, um, you know, some of those ups and downs, some of those injuries, uh, some of those dreams and, and hopes and aspirations that you had, some things going well, some things not going well. Would you say that that helped prepare you, uh, you know, to be the man that you are today and kind of do the work that you do and see things the way you see it? Uh, big time. Uh, it's, I, I encourage everybody, you know, sports may not be your thing, but if, if you get in sports, um, it, I say it's, it's a great prepare for life. Um, because like you said, you have injuries, you got guys or myself, you know, that, that you don't immediately have playing time and you've got to work and you've got to fight for those opportunities. Uh, and that's essentially life, you know, life's not going to, going to be fair and it's not going to hand you everything that you have. Uh, so therefore you're going to have to fight, you're going to have to grid, you're going to get hit in the face, you're going to have to bounce back up and you're going to have to keep on pushing and pushing and pushing until you, until you can get those things that you really want. So, yeah. Totally. Totally. <clears throat> and guys, I saw. You know, I saw Janus as an athlete back in the day. You know, I, I saw the the passion that he had on the baseball diamond. Uh, you know, the focus that he had as an athlete, but more so than than just being an athlete, the young man that he was becoming. And and I want to, you know, I don't want to blow his head up too big, but I want you all to know that one of the reasons why I appreciate and one of the reasons why I think I still have such a great relationship with this young man is because I can remember back in the day the level of respect that he had for people, you know, his peers, his teachers, his coaches, people in the community. Uh, you know, obviously he knows that he's not perfect. We know that he's not perfect. Nobody is. But I bet you'd be hard-pressed to find somebody to say something really ugly about Janus Briscoe because uh, he made treating people with respect, you know, a staple in his daily life. And I could see that at an early age. And, um, you know, this is a quick plug on women in dating. If you want to find a good guy, you, you find a guy who treats their, their mom the way that Janus Briscoe treats his mom. And, uh, man, you, you will found a, a guy who's going to love you and serve you well. So just had to make that quick plug, Janus. I know you're probably Appreciate blushing. It. I know you're probably blushing, but, but we can't tell, right? We can't, we can't tell. <laughs> Oh man, I didn't, I didn't mean to turn this into match.com. So either way, but you know, you mentioned it a few minutes ago, I want to back up real quick about Kentucky state police and the program and the polygraph and the strenuous stuff to, to, to meet the qualifications to be accepted into uh, the Academy. And uh, I remember one of my best friends uh, back in the day, he was going through the Academy honestly was getting ready to close things down and he had an injury that kicked him out of the program. I can't remember if it was a knee injury or a shoulder injury. Uh, but basically, I mean, he had hit every qualification, you know, at the highest level that he possibly could. And it was kind of one of those things where he, when he had to bow out, you know, the, the, the agency kind of, you know, spoke with him and said, Hey, listen, if you ever decide to apply again, just know we would love to have you because of an unfortunate thing that kind of went, went South. But I remember, getting a phone call from one of the detectives during the interview process because I was one of his references. And I was like, 
uh, I remember getting a, a, a voicemail. Hey, this is such and such with with uh, detective such and such with Kentucky State Police, bro. I was like, <laughs> I'm not calling that cat back. <laughs> <laughs> Man, I'm not calling that dude back. I don't know what I, I was questioning. Every single uh, yep. choice I've made, every yep. since I can remember, I was like, "Man, why is this dude calling me?" Oh my god! And I think he even said, you know, in reference to to Curtis Parson, who's applying for the Kentucky State Police. But I was like, "Man, I still ain't calling a cat back." Yep. But then I was like, "Man, if I don't, then what's that say about Curtis being his best friend?" So I was like. All right, I'm going to chalk it up. I'm going to call this dude back. I'm going to answer his questions to the best of my ability. And then as soon as we got off the phone, I was like, Kurt, hey, just call back the detective from KSP. This is what I told him. What did you tell him? <laughs> he, was, he was like, I think, I think I pretty much said about the same thing you did. So I think it's pretty much spot on. I was like, oh, man. <laughs> Oh, uh, that detective's watching this right now. Uh, probably, <laughs> probably tapping in right now. Absolutely. So, man, I'm telling you, I was sweating whenever I got that voicemail. But uh, so, Janus, tell me, tell me about you know why law enforcement? Because and we're and, and I think we can we can you know take the conversation here in just a few minutes. But based on the the, the nature of the world that we're living in, you know, some of the I guess you'd say, um, you know, uh, you know, the uphill struggles that police officers face, law enforcement face uh, because of the scrutiny, right, of who they are, what they do, upholding, you know, their their call to do the work that they do to, to serve and protect versus abusing that authority. Right. Uh, you know, I think the average person would say, man, why would anybody want to become a police officer, right, in today's society. So tell me about that dream and that career path. You know, why do you feel like that's something that you wanted to do? Why are you so passionate about this work? Uh, I, I think I've always, just from being a, a little kid, always wanted to go into law enforcement. Uh, when I started uh, re reserve uh, police officer work in 2014, I guess the environment wasn't um, – as heavily magnified then as it is now. Yeah. Uh, so it was a little easier uh, to get in, to get in the work and, and actually enjoy it. And, and not saying that I don't enjoy it now, uh, but yeah. it, it was a whole lot easier um, several years ago to, to really uh, get in it and dive deep and, and really say, Hey, this is what I want to do for the next X amount of years of my life. Sure. Um but even even more so now, I, I still enjoy uh, I still enjoy law enforcement. I still enjoy the work, and you know I, I tell some of the guys that I uh, work with now that um, you really see who's in it for the right reasons. Um, because number one, the pay isn't extremely great, but number two, uh, the scrutiny of, of law enforcement in general um, and everything else that's going on in law enforcement right now, it's, uh, it's, it's really hard, I guess, personally, spiritually, um, to, to continue just every single day of getting up and putting on the uniform and be like, Hey, you know, there's another day that somebody wants to record me and say bad things about me or, or uh, whatever sure. the case may be for that day. Um, but I guess I look at it in the sense of if, if somebody has one interaction with law enforcement and with the state police um, predominantly um, one in interaction in their entire life. And it's with me. I hope that that experience uh, is nothing but pleasure, whether, you know, 
they have to get a citation or they get off, you know, with a verbal warning or even if they have to go to jail. Uh, I want that 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 interaction to be the most pleasurable they, they, they have ever had before so that um, when somebody on social media or a friend or a family member says, you know, all these cops are corrupt and bad, they can speak up. And they can be uh, just an extension of our voice um, sure. to say, hey, man, not, not all these uh, cops out here are, are terrible people. You know, they've got a job to do just like everybody else. Um, yeah. and, and I will, you know, th there are some bad apples in our profession. Um, I, I can't I can't not say that uh, there are sure. several. There are some bad apples in our uh, profession, but um, the vast majority of us are in it for the right reasons. Um, like I said, we, we enjoy what we do. Um, I enjoy what I do. I enjoy the role where I'm at, the, the uh, agency that I'm employed by uh, to not only interact with people locally, but I have an opportunity to, to, to travel across the state um, and, and have interactions with, with, um, with the people of the Commonwealth. And, and I think that's, that's a really good, really neat thing for me. So. Totally. You know, and I heard you mention in there, <clears throat> in that response, Janus, you mentioned spiritually. And, you know, based on what I know about you, uh, I would venture to say that it's safe for our listeners to know that you see your work as a way of worship, that this is your way of giving back to the loving God who's given you an opportunity to do this work, right? Who's given you life, who's given you influence, who's given you health, right? Um, so, you know, when you think about making a difference, in the work that you do, right? This isn't just a paycheck. This isn't just putting on a badge and getting in a, a patrol car and having a power trip. This isn't just about uh, being employed by an agency because of a good retirement package per se. This is about, this is work that fulfills me. And this is, this is my way of making a difference. Janus, are there any, are there any situations that stand out? I, I know there's a lot of confidence, confidentiality that comes with the work that you do, but are there any situations that stand out to you in particular where you were, where you got home from a shift and said, you know what, I feel good about the work that I put in today. And I know that I was proactive about making a positive difference in this work, uh, especially in a time where people see, you know, like you said, the scrutiny uh, of, of police officers. There are um, any, any particular situations stand out to you that, that, you know, make you feel good about the work that you're able to do? And I can say these instances happen at least once a week where um, you get to interact with um, teenagers, juveniles, uh, because they're, uh, they're essentially going to be running this, this country, uh, the Commonwealth, in the next 15 to 20 years. So any, any, any interaction that I can have with, uh, somebody of, of the teenager uh, years or even juveniles um, is a is a really good uh, day for me, and I can go home and say, you know, I made I made a positive difference. I think um, in in one person that's going to be beneficial to society in, in ten years. Whenever I start having kids, uh, I, I won't have to worry that you know what what path we're we going to go down because mm -hmm. of my one interaction um, with a juvenile or with a teenager. Um, it, so if, if I had to, if I had to, you know, pinpoint, um, pinpoint any given time, you know, it's just during all this COVID and everything that's going on, um, just getting out and, and shooting basketball with, with some kids. Uh, I'm not the greatest athlete, but I'm still an athlete and they didn't beat me <laughs> for all the listeners. 
but uh, <laughs> but just getting out and, and 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 playing basketball and showing them, you know, hey man, he's got a he got he just got out of a trooper car and he's still got a uniform <laughs> on. But at the end of the day, like he's a he's a person. Um, and and as I'm leaving, going to a call, um, you know, you've had or I had parents and 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 even the, the kids come out. Hey man, we appreciate you really just coming out and and showing us that everybody um that wears a badge isn't isn't here for the wrong reasons so yeah. uh that that that's a, that's that's a pretty good feeling for me yeah i was at an elementary school in owensboro uh, a few weeks back i'm actually heading back to owensboro this week to, uh, to speak at another elementary school but whenever i uh when i went there a couple of weeks back the school resource officer in that district was scheduled to speak before me that day what well, just so happens that um there was a uh, you know, a call that he had to take and sad, but true because of this particular part of town, uh, there was a shooting that took place and, you know, some people were injured. And so that SRO had to respond to that call, which didn't allow him to be at school that day. But the purpose of him being there that day is the school wanted to get ahead of the game because they realized that these kids, a lot of these kids, especially, you know, Let's just call it like it is because you understand the demographic of people in different areas and the psychology and the nature of the work that you do and having to approach people differently because of being sensitive to maybe situations that people have been in because of what they look like or where they live. And Correct. in this particular low income area, you know, a lot of these kids, all they know, all they see are law enforcement officers showing up at their house to take things away from them, right? Mm -hmm. To take people away from them, right? Uh, to having to police them all the time. Uh, and that's disheartening. And so they want to make a conscious effort in that particular school district to let these kids know that this is not what we're here for. We are here to serve you, to love you, to help protect you. Sad but true, that calls us to uh, have to, you know, deal with certain situations in a particular way, but we don't ever want you to think that our goal, right, is to hurt you. Right. Right. So I thought that was very admirable on the school's part, because whenever those kids transitioned from that elementary school to that middle school, they were going to be seeing that school resource officer. Mm -hmm. So they wanted they wanted they wanted them to get to know him. Right. Um, and so just like you're talking about, man, being visible, giving people a different reference point, giving people a different perception and idea of what a police officer is uh, and what they're here to do. And it's not designed to hurt you. Right. So I appreciate you, Janus, being one of those guys, especially an African-American male in such a hostile time in our country. Right. Uh, representing what it looks like to be a law enforcement officer uh, and doing that honorably and doing that with uh, with class, with character, integrity. Um, you know, and, and to segue with that, you know, obviously we're living in a very interesting time in human history. The last 18, 24 months inside of our country has been, you know, chaos. You know, there's been a lot of confusion. Uh, there's been a lot of people, especially if they're not anchored in the hope of Jesus Christ, uh, who are operating out of fear, right? Who are operating out of, uh, a, 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 you know, a scarcity mindset. What's going to happen? What's what, what, you know? And so, and then you have things being amplified through social media, right? Whether it be, uh, you know, police brutality or, or social, uh, justice, um, you know, all of these different conversations, everything is politicized, right? So how, how have you, Janus, as a, as a son, as a, 
as a man, as a law enforcement officer, how have you, man, how have you protected your peace and how have you stayed positive in the midst of all this? Are you um, anything particular you've done? You know, again, we, we talked about it uh, first and foremost spiritually. Um, just find some quiet time every single day to decompress. Um, I don't want, I don't, I don't like finding myself uh, quote unquote complaining. Um, but there's, there's always time just to decompress to just to, just to stay by myself and, and try to figure out what, I guess not necessarily why, but uh, just the root cause of, um, of everything that's happening. So um, that's first and foremost. Secondly, I would say um, spending time with family just to kind of get my mind off of things all the time. Uh, This job is, is pretty stressful when, you know, when we're out, um, out in public. So the second that I can get home and shed a uniform and go out, uh, spend some time with family or friends. That's a really good, uh, just a refreshing atmosphere that um, that that puts me in a better mood per se. Um, and then lastly is, I would say, just uh, being involved in in, in baseball, uh, whether it be uh, coaching, um, giving lessons, going out, watching games, just things of that nature. Uh, that's a really good uh, stress relief for me. Is is just being around the game that I've always loved to play and, and, and just be that being there. Um, I can't, I can't play it. So uh, the best way to do for, for me anyway, is, is try to get out and coach it. Uh, just the, the little bit of knowledge that I have. So. Yeah. So how, uh, so based on trying to stay active with the game, coaching, playing, going and hitting a few balls, you know, doing a few things, watching some, what's uh you know, obviously you, you still love the game of baseball dearly. So, based on what the the current playoffs are looking like, who do you think is gonna gonna take the title? Um, I'm gonna have to go with the Braves. Yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna have to go with the Braves. Uh, they're I'm, I'm just have a weird feeling. Braves are gonna pull it off. Yeah, I actually, you know, growing up here in Kentucky, obviously, you know that. We don't have uh, a lot of uh, teams that are, like, super close. But, you know, I grew up around a lot of Braves fans. Of course, there's a lot of Reds fans. Uh, and a lot of Cubs – I feel like there's a lot of Braves, Reds, and Cubs fans oh, yeah. where where I come from. And I was thinking last night, like, if I had the ideal sports vacation, uh, since I grew up a Bulls and a Bears fan, I would love for the Cubs or the White Sox, you know, since okay. they're both in Chicago – I would love for them to be playing in the playoffs right now and to travel to Chicago for a weekend and catch a Bulls, like, you know, White Sox or Cubs game and a Bears game all in the same weekend. So NBA is like tipping off right now. So you can catch like an NBA game on a Thursday or Friday, maybe catch, you know, the the major league playoffs, you know, the one of the Chicago teams on a Saturday and then a Bears football game on a Sunday. Talk talk about a killer weekend. That would be now that would be pretty awesome. That's a sports fanatic dream right there. That'd be pretty neat. Yeah. Totally. Totally. Hey, I heard you say family a second ago, Janus. You know, you said something that's kind of helped me stay grounded, helped me keep my peace, helped me stay positive is getting away from the work I do or kind of shutting the world out on social media and just spending time with people who matter the most to me. I know, you know, when I saw you growing up, your mom and your grandfather were, uh, were, you know, 
they played a, a, a very important role in your life. Uh, and I saw recently you gave your, your grandfather a shout out on social media for, for birthday and uh, called him the GOAT, right? Greatest of all time, which he is because I saw that guy show up for you every time something was going on that was school uh, school sanctioned. So tell me about that relationship with your grandfather and why it's so important to, to you, Janus, if you don't mind. Um, yeah, I, he, I guess he was the, uh, the first, uh, father figure, um, I, I really had, um, I always grew up around him, of course, single mom. So he was, he, I guess he was that, that father figure to me. Um, he taught me, you know, that we're not going to, we're not going to stay inside and play video games all day that, um, we're going to get out and we're going to, we're going to go to school. We're going to get our homework done. And then before you get to go play video games and go sit in the house, we got, we got yard work to do. We got to do this. We got to do that. So Janus, um, we, we could stop the broadcast right there and just mic drop and say, if you get nothing else from my conversation, you need to go to a certain minute, certain second where Janus starts talking about his grandfather's expectations. And you need to replay that over and over and you need to apply that in the home. That's good stuff right there. I didn't mean to interject, man, but I had to share that because that's good stuff that, that has a lot to do with the man that you are today, but, but, but go ahead. Um, it, so that, uh, stabilization, you know, he instilled in my mom, uh, they both instilled in me and my brother, uh, that, you know, there's always time to play, but before play, there's always work needed to be done. Um, and you've got to have, uh, you've got to have things lined out. So things are taken care of before you get to go have that fun. And so, he also really we'll, we'll just put it this way when discipline was needed uh it, it, it was it was given uh without any hesitation <laughs> whatsoever uh so we'll put it that way i don't want anybody to come try to say there was some uh child assault this and it's probably borderline child assault absolutely but uh when when, when discipline was needed both by my grandfather and by my mother there was zero hesitation as far as yeah. making sure that happened. So. Yeah. And you knew, and you knew why, and you right. knew, and you knew that it was because this is the way we're going to do things. Right. And, and there's a difference in discipline, a, a discipline just because of exercising authority and power versus a discipline that says, we are going to make sure that, you know, this is why we're disciplining you because we love you. And these are the Correct. expectations we have for you as a young man. And, uh, and that's, that's a big deal, man. And the fact that he was present in your life, and I know that you don't mind me sharing this, and obviously you don't have to go into detail, but you being uh, being raised by a single mom, Janus, you know, him being there was was a big deal whenever your father wasn't present at the time, correct? Correct, correct. And what would you say, would there be any, any piece of advice that you could give anyone who's, who's listening to this broadcast, maybe a single mom? that's listening right now, who maybe is thinking, <clears throat> is there hope? Uh, or maybe a young man who, grew, who is growing up in the same situation that you were in uh, without a parent who was present. Um, you know, what, what's, uh, what's some encouragement that you could give them, Janus? Um, I guess for the, for the single mom, just say keep pushing. Um, not everybody's always, even, even family, friends, they're not always going to be in your corner. Um, but as a single mom, you're doing it for that sole purpose of that child. So just keep pushing. Um, 
the the seed that you sow at an early age is is definitely going to just bloom out to be the biggest, most beautiful tree that you have ever uh, planted in your entire life. Uh, so just continue continue uh, down the path that you believe is right for your child. Because um, sure. I appreciate it more than my mom will ever know. Uh, yeah. she, she'll never know how much I appreciate her. Uh, mm. Just the countless hours, multiple jobs so that I could do what I wanted, i.e. play baseball. Um, and I even knew that when she wasn't there sometimes, it was because she was going out and doing everything she could to make sure that I could be where I wanted to be. Um, I would say for, for that child that's, uh, that's being raised by a single parent, mother or father, um, don't look at it as, you know, I, I kind of, I guess, I, I guess you could say that for, for a while uh, at a younger age, I kind of thought, uh, why was I not good enough for my father? Sure. Um, and, you know, just through time and I mean, I'm still I'm still a kid, but at 27, I'm, I'm starting to realize that uh, it's not my loss. It's it's their loss. Um, and I plan to make sure that everything that, that I do from then until now till in, infinity, um, that I make sure that I do it to the best. Not not to, you know, say, hey, look at me, but to say, you know, I should have been there or that could be um, the relationship that I always wanted. Um, sure. So um, for that child, just, uh, just, just to keep, just to keep on pressing. Don't, don't, don't look at it as why was I not good enough, but uh, really just sit down and, and just kind of realize that um, it's, it's for a purpose. Um, that purpose is always unknown initially, especially at a younger age. Um, but as you continue to mature and develop and grow, uh, that uh, it was probably for the best, um, best, maybe not even for you, but for that person. So yeah. just continue, just, just to continue to press, uh, continue to move and just know that uh, it's not their loss uh, or excuse me, it's not your loss. It's their loss. So, yeah. And there's and I'm sure throughout the years you've had countless questions. You know, there's there's things you wanted to know. There's, there's things that you wanted to be at peace about. Uh, and I'm sure as you continue to grow and develop and whatever may come, you know, from that, uh, that, that, you know, that healing process or, you know, finding a place where, <clears throat> you know, potentially common ground, because I've seen, I've seen over the years, there be some, there, there's some efforts there, you know, and you and I've had a couple of conversations in that regard, you know, not to go into too much detail, but we don't have to look far to see Janus that a lot of the work that you do as a law enforcement officer um, and uh, a lot of the issues that are the, that plague society are a byproduct of fatherlessness in, in our, our, our communities <clears throat> that statistics and research has proven time and time again, that the larger percentage of people who are incarcerated uh, you can look back and see that typically there's some fatherlessness involved there, right? Um, it's a sad reality. I think it speaks to the nature of creation and the way this thing is set up. And it says how much a father, how, how important a father really is, right? Correct. So for you, Janus, do you think there's any underlying motivation uh, based on kind of, you know, the, 
your personal situation and the work that you do? Do you think there's any kind of underlying motivation there for you to be in the field that you're in, uh, um, in your situation? Absolutely. Like you said, there's, uh, you know, and there's, there's not statistics to back up what I'm about to say, but the majority of juvenile teenagers that we encounter um, uh, are somewhat troubled, I guess, in a, in a sense. And um, like you said, most of them are living in single parent households. So I can always, excuse me, I can always relate to that, uh, relate yeah. to them and, and kind of build that bridge, that barrier, uh, or break that barrier that, um, yeah. that a lot of, uh, people that, that they don't necessarily have. Um, and I've done that numerous times in, in, my, in my profession. And, uh, you can see, you know, once you start having that conversation with juvenile, with the, with the teenager of, Hey man, I, I grew up without my dad as well. Um, you can just kind of tell that, they essentially just kind of float, float to you um, because you, you can relate, they can relate to you. And, and that's a big, that's a big part of, of, of this profession is just being relatable. Um, sure. Just because I've got a badge and a uniform on um, doesn't mean that I'm still not a person. And yeah. when, and especially, especially when juveniles, teenagers, um, early, even early adulthood, um, just because, um, I'm in that role and they're in their situation doesn't mean that I can't, I can't relate to them. I can't be a person just like they are. Um, so whenever totally. you kind of break that barrier, it's a, it's, you can really start to see how, um, how communication and, and, and how things go over. So, um, so well, uh, once you kind of, you know, I guess more or less just show emotion. Um, yeah. in, in, in that sense. With the national conversation <clears throat> being what it's been and a lot of the things being highlighted that have been highlighted on social media and things being amplified and politicized, some things rightfully so, some things not so much, right? Uh, I think every situation deserves its own separate conversation, that right. everything isn't a blanket scenario. There, there's nuance to a lot of things that take place. And each situation is a little different. So that, that, that's what disheartens me so much is to see people pushed back into these categories and lumped into uh, a system or a group of people and saying, well, this is what the world should think about you. And of course, we know that that's not true. So Janus, I mean, just be candid with me. Like, how does it feel to be a young man, uh, a man of color, in your profession like how has that felt over the past little bit for you um it's been it's been a little sketchy um i find myself at times walking down the the line right there in the middle of you know law enforcement being a black male in society you know this side's telling me one thing more or less this side's telling me another thing what side am i going to choose and, and i just come to the conclusion that you know um, if we, if we take race out of it, first and foremost, um, that, um, oh, here we go. Uh, if, if, if race is taken out of things, um, predominantly, I think that, that that's going to stop a whole lot of the issue. Um, you know, I've been approached 
by both sides and you know who, whose team are you on I'm not on a team uh, I'm here to I'm here to do what what I know spiritually that I'm supposed to do um, and I think we talked about this before we actually started the, the podcast you know that I have a job to do um, and, and I'm going to do that job regardless if you're white if you're black if you're Hispanic that, that's just you know at the end of the day, if there's a job that needs to be done, I'm going to do that job. But at the same time, um, I'm not going to step overboard because somebody is a specific race. That's sure. just, you know, that's I wasn't I wasn't really raised on, you know, that person's white, that person's black. It, you know, it's a person um, and, you know, there's right and wrong. And and for me, if, if I do wrong, I expect to be um, treated accordingly, not because I'm a black male. Um, because I'm a person that did something wrong. Simply held accountable. Yeah. Correct. Correct. So uh, I think, I think the accountability portion is, is a, is a, is a big, um, big highlighted area on both sides um, sure. to make sure us in the law enforcement world that uh, we, we hold each other accountable um, and make sure that, you know, we're, we're doing thing, things, things, um, know both morally ethically ethically correct um but at the same time being uh a black male i need a i need to hold um other black men other black women accountable as well sure. um again not just because you know there's a black cop and a and a white guy or a white guy and black cop it's just right and wrong um and I think that's the I think that's the the biggest issue is the accountability thing on on, on both sides. So. Sure, and I think also Janus with this conversation, <clears throat> I think people have opinions about certain things and certain issues who probably shouldn't have such a strong opinion about that particular issue. You know, I heard a quote not long ago said a, a great way to ruin your day is to have a strong opinion about nothing you probably know anything about. And that's I said, correct. Man, that is that's incredible because. It's one thing to have an opinion. It's another thing to allow that opinion to drive how you are treating people uh, in response to maybe something that you don't like, right? Uh, so we all have opinions, but if I have an opinion that disagrees with your opinion, then to allow that to determine how I treat you as a person, now, now we're getting we're going to a place that's that's very unhealthy, right? Because we can disagree and still love one another. Um, like you said, I can be a black male and I can be a police officer and I don't have to quote unquote choose sides, right? I don't have to pick a side. Uh, I can agree with two ideas at the same time. Uh, that doesn't necessarily mean that I have to choose a side, that if I believe this, then I'm an enemy of that or I'm opposed to that. Uh, I want to be a person who upholds my faith and my spirituality as the ultimate deciding factor in how I live my life. Um, so yeah, it's, 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 it's really, it's, it's really sketchy. It's really hairy. I'm sure that you've, uh, that you've had a hard time processing, processing a lot of it. Uh, but at the same time, I know that where you're anchored at, that's helping you continue to do the job that you feel called to do. Uh, for, like you said, for the right reasons and with the right motivation. Jay, before we close down, man, I don't want to take up too much of your time, but before we close down, I had this book, passed to me by a uh, uh, the chief of police here locally where I live, Chief William Hunt, Emotional Survival for Law Enforcement. 
by Kevin Gilmartin. Obviously, you remember I sent this book to you, but I'm highlighting this because this was passed to me before I did a leadership and personal growth and development training with the local police department in my home, in, in my town, I'm a hometown, but the town that I live in now. Uh, and it provided great insight, great perspective. And I just love that focus that Chief Hunt has with his department of, I want to prepare people or I want to help people be proactive about developing their mindset, right? Taking care of their body, taking care of their mental health, taking care of their relationships, right? Of, of taking care of their spiritual health so that we aren't playing damage control, which right. is what happens for a lot of law enforcement officers, right. Janus. What have you seen uh, in the line of work that you do where people begin to struggle or what are kind of the expectations of like kind of getting to that place where you're checked out and the, uh, uh, the hypervigilance kind of begins to really take over, you know, what, what are, what, what does that kind of look like in law enforcement? Um, they say that, you know, the average person, um, and I'm sure my numbers are slightly off the average person, um, responds or is involved in three to five to seven critical incidences uh, in their life, whether it be death, um, vehicle accidents, things of that nature. Um, I can say easily without a doubt. um, And and again, there's, there are numbers on it that I I don't have, but uh, that law enforcement every single day, if not multiple times a day in a shift that we are involved in some kind of critical incident. Um, whether that, you know, you're responding to um, a juvenile that's hurt or, or death, um, a shooting, things of that nature. Um, it's, it's multiple times a shift and, and, you know, we go to those and then we kind of have a little break and then boom, blood pressure goes up, heart rate goes up, your mind starts going again. Uh, you go deal with that situation, that critical incident, and then, you know, you kind of, uh, everything kind of, levels back out and then before we know it again our levels are back up so the biggest thing i think um and it's touch on in that book the, the mental health uh side of things for for law enforcement um law enforcement uh go through multiple marriages um in their career unfortunately just due to the uh unforeseen circumstances of the job um predominantly the the mental aspect of the job uh, so I think that's uh, the biggest barrier um, as law enforcement that we fight is that mental fortitude to continue to drive, continue to go. Um, at the same time, trying to find those refreshing points that we just need to hey, decompress and, and just yeah. kind of let everything just just let everything go. Uh, we don't do and, and I think it's just men in general. Um, but especially men in, in law enforcement capacities, you know, we're the ones that are, we're always called on. So we have to be on our A game hundred percent of the time, or it's expected for us to be there at hundred percent of the time. And we don't do a good job of, um, talking about our feelings, uh, saying what's on our minds, things of that nature, because, you know, we're always on the go and I don't want to look weak. Number one when I'm in society and in my uniform and my yeah. capacity, but at the same time, yeah. I don't want to look, I don't look, I don't want to look weak um, around my family. Um, just because again, that's, that's just how we, 
that's just how we're wired. So the mental, the mental side of things for law enforcement is, is the big issue that needs to be worked on. Um, you know, there's a, there's a mental health crisis, not only in, in the general world, general population, but there's a mental health crisis in law enforcement, uh, that, uh, Quite frankly, nobody wants to um, nobody wants to speak out on uh, because we're not going to do it because you know hey we're 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 those guys that we're those going guys. we're going we're going and yeah. I don't think uh, that whole I don't think I think there are um, lots of people that that can relate to what you know we go through on a daily basis as far as the mental aspect goes but i think until you kind of you're, you're in this job for a little while and you realize holy crap like it's um it's there um and it's yeah. not being treated uh that you know it can't be fully disclosed uh and like i said we're not gonna we're not gonna go out on the limb and say hey i need help that's just sure. not what we do so we're, we're the helpers and we don't need help so yeah and but but to hear someone like yourself recognize that, understand that, you know, does that give you an opportunity to encourage other young guys coming in, you know, of, hey, listen, here's some things you need to be aware of. Here's some, th you know, is there a piece of advice that was given to you as a law enforcement official that kind of stands out to you? Also, what's one piece of advice you would give to somebody maybe coming in? Um, so uh, at the State Police Academy, they. Um, essentially initiated a uh, like a mental health um, program, uh, yeah. not only for uh, law enforcement, uh, it's more towards the general public. So we as law enforcement, we're able to identify the mental health crisis uh, when we're dealing with uh, anybody for that matter. Um, but to go along with it, there are programs, at least in uh, our state agency that are there for us if we need to go talk to people. Um, so I guess my advice, and, and, I, and I should probably take my own advice as well, but um, for somebody that's growing in law enforcement, that, that, that's getting in law enforcement, heck, that's somebody that has 25 years on, um, longer than I've been alive, um, I would say don't be afraid to go get help. Um, yeah. it's, I think that's the biggest, uh, that, that would be the biggest hurdle uh, for us in law enforcement to do is say, hey, I need help. Um, yeah. and I, I would just say, don't, I would, don't be afraid to go get help. It's not, it's not any more or less, um, you're not any more or less of a man because you're, you need to go get help. I think I would say you're, you're more of a man because you actually stepped up and said, Hey, I, I'm, I'm broken. I need help. Yeah, so. totally. Totally. I appreciate you sharing that Jay. Um, what would you say, um, you know, you, you talking about mental health, you know, you've mentioned spending time with people, uh, you know, spending time with family, people who you care about, kind of helping you stay refreshed, you know, stay encouraged. And I remember speaking to a gentleman who's on the local police department here. And I said, what's one thing that you feel like you have you learned early in the game that's that's really helped you, you know, stay, stay on top of, you know, your health and being proactive and not allowing the profession to put you uh not allowing you to be become jaded right and because you see the worst in people a lot of times through the work that you're doing so then it shifts how you see people how you see the world i said what's helped you combat that he said man relationships 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 making sure that i surround myself with good people 
making sure that I'm spending time with people who genuinely care about me as a person, not just as a cop, making sure I am in conversation with people and letting people know how they can help me, finding out how I can serve them, allowing myself to remember that I'm not just a cop. Right. Right. Um, So, you know, I, I know that, that you, you believe in a lot of those things, but also I see you as a young man who's taking care of yourself. Like what does staying in shape and working on your physical health, what does that mean to you, Janus? And, and, you know, becoming the person that you want to become the, the law enforcement official that you want to become just, you know, being a good steward of your health. Um, you know, this job is, is extremely physical. Um, at any point you could be sitting in your car driving on the road. The next point you could be running and jumping and fighting and things of that nature. Um, but I, I go, I guess I go a little bit beyond that. Um, people are depending me to help their family. Mm. Um, and I'm depending on myself to help my own family. So if I'm not in at least top physical shape that I should be in, I'm doing not only your family, but my family a disservice. Um, and, um, you know, I, I surround, I try to surround myself with guys that I work with that, Hey, we're going to the gym. We need to go get this done. We need to go get that done because if that guy can't save my family, I'm going to have an issue with it. Mm. Um, so if I can't go out and save somebody else's family, then I expect somebody to have an issue with it. Um, whether, you know, it's trying to go in a burning house and, 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 and pull somebody out or somebody that's been shot. One of my coworkers have been shot to, to drag them to, to safety. Um, or if somebody's even having a medical emergency to get them out of a car or out of an awkward position or situation and, and drag them to safety. If I can't be um, at the top physical shape that I can to go, serve them in that role, then, then honestly, uh, I shouldn't, nor anybody in this profession should be doing that job. That's good. Yeah. That's, uh, and that's just, that's not being, that's not being harsh or calling anybody out. That's just honoring the fact that this work requires that. Correct. And so if I'm not in a position where I can fulfill those duties or, you know, do things of that nature, then ultimately I'm not going to be able to serve at my best. Uh, and, and man, that, that, <clears throat> that transcends work, you know, that, that's a, that's applicable to life, you know, Correct. putting ourselves in the best position mentally, uh, physically, spiritually, uh, relationally to serve people at our highest capacity. That doesn't mean we we're, we're always going to get it right. That doesn't mean that we're going to be perfect. Right. That doesn't mean that we're not going to have letdowns and make mistakes, but at the end of the day, working to become the, you know, the, the, the preferred, uh, best version of ourselves, so to speak, to do the best work that I can. And that Correct. not being because we're making self-development and physical development a God, it's because we're working out of, we're, we're working from the fact of, I get to do this. Uh, this is a blessing and I should take care of myself. Correct. You know? I agree. So Janice, as we work to close down, man, any, any particular thing on your mind, on your heart, in your profession, or anything you want to share with our audience before we close down. I know that through the questions that we've had, the different directions we've gone in, mental health, we've talked about, you know, family life, uh, challenges that you've overcome, uh, just, you know, your upbringing. I know some people are going to be blessed by this conversation, but there's anything about who you are, the profession that you're in, that, that you want to share with our listeners before we close down? Um, in the law enforcement, I guess the law enforcement aspect, just don't, um, 
don't place everybody in the same bubble of being bad. Um, yeah. This social media and and, and, mm. and the news and everything, it's they're they're showing you the five percent of us that shouldn't be in law enforcement that I agree should not be that should never ever wear a badge, carry a gun, be in a uniform, be in an enforcement type role. Um, totally. That's the that's the five percent that that everybody is seeing. Um, and they're not seeing the 95% of us that are actually out trying to do this job for the right reason. So I wouldn't say, um, I, I would hope that um, people don't categorize us as just one whole lump of these guys are all corrupt. They're out to do bad thing. Everybody's getting a ticket, things of that nature. Um, I would hope for the general society to realize that. But at the same time, any law enforcement that's working, I would just say that not everybody's bad, that we need to be relatable as well. Um, and at the end of the day, we are out to serve. Um, not everybody needs to go to jail. Not everybody needs a ticket. Sometimes somebody just needs to say, hey, man, I'm praying for you, or what can I do to help you? Because not a lot of people um, in our role say that to people what what can i do to help you um so those two aspects and i guess i would just uh I leave with two little i wouldn't say quotes but um first and foremost um somebody always told me never forget where you come from mm. uh, i don't care where life takes you if you're the president of the united states or if i'm the top law enforcement official in the world just never forget where i'm coming from and that's yeah. that's bowling green kentucky out in the morning East Strader community um, um and the second thing is people don't know how much you care and take care of how much you know. So that's uh um excuse me, I got that backwards, didn't I? People don't yeah, so um, uh, yeah, don't, don't don't care how much you know until they know, know how much until you they know how much you care. Yeah. Um so uh that came from JT himself. <laughs> uh, and that's uh that's that's written in my car. Uh those two are written. I've got a uh, post-it notes in my car and every time I get in and out of that car I see those two quotes uh, sure. uh, every single time I get in and out of my car which is five six seven times a week um, so that's about it uh, I just want to say I appreciate you having me and, and if I can do anything for you as always please don't hesitate to reach out if I can do anything for anybody else uh, you know how to get in contact with me so well, Janice man I think it goes that I have to be said that I am extremely proud of you I've always looked at you as uh, you know, as, as, uh, as a young man who was a, I, I see you as that student, that student athlete when I was a teacher, but our relationship has developed, you know, so much over time into a friendship, not more of a mentorship role, teacher coach role, but as a friend, man, and I'm extremely proud of you. Uh, I appreciate everything that you stand for. I appreciate the, 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 the focus the purpose and the mission that you bring to the work that you do, because without question, you are one of the guys who, who is using your platform to make a difference, uh, doing your work for the right reasons with the right motivation. First and foremost, trying to honor God, uh, trying to, uh, you know, be an upstanding citizen, uh, make your mom and, and your grandfather proud. Right. And, uh, and to just simply be the person in your community that, that you know, be the difference in your community that you want to see. So, uh, man, I appreciate it so much, Janus. You know, you shared some great nuggets. Uh, guys, uh, you know, I made this book plug. I really think if you want to understand a little bit more of what law enforcement officials go through and grow through, I think every person should read this book personally, especially if you have found yourself 
making comments in this national conversation on social media about things that this kind of provides some insight on some things doesn't mean that this book uh, makes excuses for poor choices that cops make, but it helps you understand a little bit about the profession. And I think it's, I think it's great. So Janus, man, uh, as I always say, when I close down, don't just go through life, grow through life. Everybody can encourage somebody and, uh, man, thanks again for your time. Hey, thanks. JT. I appreciate you. Love you, brother. Love you too, my man. Hey, thanks again for listening in. If you enjoyed this episode and you received some value, could you do me a favor and share it with a friend? If so, I really, really, really appreciate you helping me get the word out about this podcast. As a reminder, this is your place for a shot of encouragement. And my goal is to simply leave you better than I found you. So my friend, I certainly hope that was the case for you today.